Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hi again, and I am just really excited to have my guest today. I've been, again, you often hear me say this, been trying to get someone for a long time. All that really means is that they are senior executives who have a busy life, and today's is no exception. Today, I have with me Jennifer Chandler, who is the, listen to this, market president for Bank of America, and on top of that, she's the division performance executive for their private banks. So, Thank you so much for getting time with me today, Jennifer. Absolutely. Thank you, Valerie. So happy to be here. We've got a lot to talk about. We do. We do. I, I just, uh, as I was planning this, Jennifer, I thought, oh my goodness, we've, we've got to talk about leadership, obviously. I'd kind of like to talk about women in leadership because you are one of the youngest women at Bank of America to rise to the occasion so quickly. Right. Then I want to talk about your family because you're a mother of four. Yes. How old are they? Six, nine, 11, and 12. That just in itself, I I find so interesting to be able to balance. We got to talk about that. So let's get going. Are you ready? I am. You've got you. a bunch of notes. Let's see if you're going to need them. Well, first of all, just for my sake, I think in the audience also, Jennifer, those two titles, they sound like they're like my, my foot is over here on this one and over here on this one. So right. can you just really tell us exactly <laughs> what is it you do with these two? I have the honor to serve in a number of capacities at Bank of America, and I'm, I'm happy to clarify those roles, yeah. but it's uh, truly an honor. So my day job, you would say, is the performance executive, and I have a wide geography from Minneapolis down to Houston, Texas, in the private bank. And in the private bank, we're serving our largest clients of the firm, so typically they're very complex, and we work very closely with their families, everything from basic banking to complex investments, and absolutely love that work because I get to integrate and work with a number of our locations across the country and meet with clients and essentially help serve those clients and we focus on an exceptional client experience. I bet that is different. It is. I mm -hmm. enjoy it and every family is so unique and as you mentioned I'm a mother of four so I'm constantly taking notes when I'm in these family meetings and seeing what they're doing right and how we can help them. So the private bank is a very important part of my, my job and the day-to-day -day that I, I spend a great deal of time on and then as of January 2019 I was named the market president for Dallas for Bank of America and Wow. That is truly an exciting role. And we have the market president in each major location. And in that role, I'm really focused on three things. It's our clients, of course, mm -hmm. our community. And I'd love to talk more about that and the, the giving that we're doing and volunteerism and, and grants across the market. Um, and then our associates, really working on our associates, talent, um, making sure that they elevate within the firm, hiring great talent, attracting talent. 
So really those three areas, and it's a big firm, as you can imagine, with 13,500 people in North Texas. So mm. in that capacity, it's really bringing it all together. It's a big institution, mm. but we really want to make sure it feels small to our associates and to our clients as we serve them. So as market president, I'm bringing it all together on a daily basis. Thank you. That's a lot clearer than I could have even imagined to try to explain. You mentioned culture. So I will be uh, transparent and say that it is my bank. And it is my bank since it was, oh my goodness, I can't even remember the name of it a long time ago. And I will say in the branches that I go to, particularly one of them, I do feel a culture. So I don't want to say what I feel. I want you to say what is the culture that you, in particular in your roles, ensure stays what you want it to be. Well, thank you for being a valued client. um, (laughs) We're really focused on making sure we are that local bank. So again, our size is great because it gives us an incredible platform. We have just about every solution imaginable. We have the technology. So we like to say we're high tech and Mm -hmm. high touch. But hopefully when you're walking into that banking center, it's someone that you see on a regular basis and have gotten to know. So again, that local feel. Hopefully you're having a positive experience, someone that appears to enjoy working there. I think you'll find time and time again that our folks love working with us. We have a really high retention rate. Mm -hmm. So that joy and the work they're doing hopefully comes across as they're interacting with you. And then of course, just an exceptional experience to solve the needs that you have and to help you with the transaction only, but to really help you with broader needs as well. So I would hope that that's the culture you're seeing in each interaction, but I'd love to get your reflections as well. It is. It it is. I will say all of that. And not so long ago, I had a particular issue. It wasn't a problem, but just a a clarification. Mm -hmm. And I had not met the young man that had to be the person to help me. And he made me feel like I'd known him for a long time. So how do you, though, you you are gone a lot, Mm -hmm. and I know you've got a great team, How do you make sure that people are living that brand? Let's put it in branding terms. How do you make sure? So Brian Moynihan, as a CEO, has done a phenomenal job, and it's a leader I absolutely respect. And so we talk about our values on a regular basis. We talk about it the same way across the institution, whether it's someone in technology or someone in our banking center serving our clients. So that client experience, making sure we're going above and beyond for our clients, is something that we're living and breathing every day. So we do that through learning and development and, and great coaches and leaders that help us all be our best person when we come to work. We bring our whole selves to work in a great culture with um, strong diversity and inclusion, so we're all very comfortable being there. And then we use the the great platform we have, and um, there is a lot of technology that can be used today, to your point, really understanding the client as they walk through the door, Mm -hmm. understanding their needs and how we can serve them. So I would say over the last 10 years under the leadership of Brian Moynihan, we've brought that together in a way that um, truly many institutions can't do at the size and scale that we can. You know, that's interesting that um, you're talking about the head of the firm. Do you think that a culture starts and has to be from the top of the food chain? That consistency is key. I think for everybody in a large organization or small organization to be 
you know, understanding the same values is mm-hmm. absolutely important. That consistency truly is, but it comes from the top. Then it's also, you know, ground up. And I spent a lot of time walking in banking centers all across North Do Texas. You? And I just like to surprise our folks. And oh. it's not a test. It's a, a thank you. And I enjoy doing it. I'll walk in to a center in Oak Cliff and I'll walk into one in Collin County. And to your question earlier, I get the same experience. It looks the same. It sounds the same. And that just incredibly, you know, talented group of folks that we have across the organization. But I do think that leadership, that integrity, that Mm -hmm. messaging really does need to come from the top as well. And Brian, as our senior leader and CEO, has a diverse board and a diverse leadership team to help make sure he's heading in the right direction. And there's a lot of consistency in the messaging they have as well. Consistency. Consistency is important in leadership. Let's talk about that for just a little bit. You, um, I know are known for there's in branding we like to say what's one word you're known for and for you Jennifer it's connector yes it's connector what does that do for you you are a natural connector how can someone who isn't become one and and what does it do for you being a connector is um, so much fun. I would say, and thank you for you know describing me in that way, but I enjoy it. I think there's something just really fulfilling about being able to see maybe a challenge over here and someone that can solve the solution over here and bringing the two together. And there's so many ways that I've fortunately been able to do that. And programs like Leadership Dallas that give you great exposure to That's all true. of North Texas um, have really broadened that network so that it's not just in the banking industry, but more broadly in, in the nonprofit space. Um, But again, it also goes back to working with an institution with a huge size and scale. So typically we have a solution and we have experts, but it's a matter of finding them within the institution and bringing them together for our clients. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's rewarding. And to your point, I think over time we can all be better connectors. It takes listening. I love really listening and understanding someone I meet. And it may not be just their professional career, but it might be their passion. And as you think about all the wonderful people you meet, to me, I like to reflect on that, understand who I met, what their passion is, what their expertise are. Mm -hmm. And then inevitably, a week later, two weeks later, six months later, I'll hear a need and I'll be able to connect that person to help them, you know, solve a problem or help with their, you know, career development and moving up within a firm. So I enjoy it. It's truly a pleasure. Thank you for sharing that piece about what you do with that information. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you heard this, but let me reiterate it and ask you further. So you just met someone and you know what's important to anyone is what's important to them. Right whether it's their passion, their, uh, their family, whatever. How do you keep track of that right. after you've met them, you've taken their card or whatever? How do you keep track of that so they are top of mind right. next time you hear of a need? It's an important skill that I think if you look at great leaders, they mm-hmm. have the ability to remember names and remember key information. But I do think it takes that discipline. I take a lot of notes. I have my black binder here with there's me. There's your all black times. binder. You want to hold that now up? There's it's more thick. technology these days, but I write a lot of notes and it helps me reflect as well. It's not just names, but I do think you have to have a system. And I do. I take notes. I, I take down information, but I'm always impressed. And I've had the honor to meet some of the greatest leaders there are. And um, I had dinner at the Dallas Country Club with someone a few weeks ago that you would know well and a um, very prominent person. And as soon as I walked in the door, he said, how's Samantha, Harper, Wyatt, and Brooke, and knew oh. my children's name. And I just thought, if he can do that with the you know 
role he's in, I can Uh certainly do the same. So I do think it's a skill that most leaders have and it's important. But to me, it's more about genuinely connecting with a person. Mm -hmm. If you connect with them, know that passion, know what they're really about, their why, Mm -hmm. you'll typically just remember that without the notes anyway. But it certainly helps as we're all busy just to, to make sure you kind of capture who you've met. Been helpful Jennifer, you got to want to first. You got to want to. She wants to. In other yeah. words, it's got to be something that's important to you, which says a lot about your values. And I know one of them is volunteerism, yes. philanthropy. Where did that come from? As long as I can remember, and um, I'm just incredibly grateful. I had parents that had me serve at an early age, and it was always about kind of getting outside yourself and, and helping others. So early on at a young age, we would work at our church and, and help serve others. And we had a homeless gentleman there named Carl that I still remember to this day Aww. that I thought the world of. And so really from my parents early on, and mm-hmm. we didn't always have a lot either, but it was about you have, you know, whatever you have, you can share and do more for others. So hmm. serving at the church early on, um, and I'll never forget Carl, who was the homeless gentleman there, he was always helping others and giving really? back. So that was a reminder to me as well. But just fell in love with it from that point on. And then in school, became engaged with student council and sounds like a small thing, but I realized the scalability, the size, it's one thing to volunteer yourself, but hey, if I can go grab 20 buddies or 100 people, we can scale the impact more. And so really fell in love with it and realized it's a great way to bring people together. It really had us bond as a collective class in school and from there just stayed with it and it's a great pleasure with what i do at bank of america i'm out volunteering just about every week if not more than once every a week mm-hmm. you even right. built a house i understand with jimmy carter president carter that's right what yes. was that like it's very it was a great moment and he that's wasn't it. just out there for photos he was hammering away first he really thing in the morning and, and stayed late just an incredible leader and right. um habitat's been a great organization and within our firm too i've had the opportunity to build with huma call our former ceo who i think the world of and um volunteered last week with a local nonprofit here but it is truly a passion and it's a great joy that bank of america really affords our associates to do this we give our associates two hours a week to volunteer within the workday. many do more than that or in their own time as well but i do think it's what drives our culture together and our, our associates to really that, work closely together as well thank you for sharing that because i didn't know it number one and i just wonder how many other organizations literally allow people to take some time off to do something that's community-oriented. So tell us about the fact that you started as a teacher. (laughs) How did you go from being a teacher to your first job was what, financial advisor? Yes, Morgan Stanley. So I graduated college early at the age of 20, so about two and a half years at the University of Texas. and Instead of four years, you yes. did it in two and a half? Yes, which I don't always recommend, Let to be honest with you. Let me write that down. <laughs> so, Tell my kids. Yes. <laughs> it was a, a good experience, but in hindsight, maybe it would have been nice to stay. But I needed to get back and to start working and to really live on my own. And so I came back and looked at the business world and just wanted to do something I would enjoy and to be able to give back and feel like I made a difference every day and had a passion for education. I had been you know, volunteering and substitute teaching. So I had the pleasure to teach at Skyline High School here in Dallas, which was an incredible 
school. I just love the students there. And Grapevine as well, which was also a What pleasure. age? What age did High you teach? High school Spanish. So High school fun Spanish. Fun group, yes. And um, really enjoyed it. But I was under an emergency certification program that they had at the time. So I had to make the decision. Would I go back and get a teaching degree for my secondary degree, or do mm-hmm. I want to do something else? And at that point in time, I thought I really want to explore the business world and um, started to look at some of the most um, competitive training programs and was honored to be part of the Morgan Stanley Financial um, Services Training Program. So spent time with them in, in New York and learned a great deal. So it was really just a matter of reflection. And I thought if I'm going to go back to school, wanted to think about the business world and the MBA. So it was a mm-hmm. tough one, mm-hmm. but I like to tell people I really got the best of both worlds. So I'm in this business world, but each and every day I'm doing something that matters with impact mm-hmm. and I'm still volunteering, still helping. And um, for me, I, I really had the opportunity to do both, which was so rewarding and truly enjoyed the MBA as well and, and really diving into the business world. So the the great good we all do in our firms many of us can give back so it goes back to that scalability that does, i learned in giving mm-hmm. i found that with the big institution i could continue to learn a great deal but also give back we're so. always learning as leaders right jennifer do you think leaders are born or made it's a great question I'd say it's probably a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And as a mother of four, I've seen how different um, each child can be. Are and sometimes you just get some that are strong personalities and demonstrate you know, some of those leadership characteristics. But um, for me personally, and just watching my own path and how I've been able to help others, I do think it's something you learn over time and you have to really hone. So there's some innate um, characteristics that a leader may have and character and integrity and some of those things I'm sure we'll talk about. But to truly be a a strong leader in a a big organization, I do think you have to hone those skills. And that's something I started to learn at an early age through school and um, continue to work on. I'm a lifelong learner and have sought out great coaches to help me along the way, um, such as yourself. And um, I do think it takes continuing to work and reflect and to, to hone those skills. So, all right, obviously, I want to know what you think the attributes, and, and be specific. Anyone can say, okay, you know, you got to have this, you got to have that. But let's just take it to wisdom. Yes. A wise leader. What's a wise leader look like? That's a, another great question. And when I think of wise, I think of wisdom. And wisdom can be experience. It can also um, be experience that you you know have at an early age as well. I was an early young leader. Again, I graduated school at twenty, so I was out there leading. You know, whether it was an education or business at an early age. So, part of wisdom is experience, but I also think it's listening. It's being wise enough to make sure you're surrounded by people that think differently than you, asking questions. Um, I find some of the best leaders I've had the honor to work with, whether it's within the firm at Bank of America or externally, still ask a lot of questions. Nobody mm-hmm. has it all figured out. Um, and then again, diversity and thought around you know themselves with you know surrounding themselves with people that don't always think the same way they mm-hmm. do. But listening is truly truly key. Listening comes up, Jennifer, a lot in workshops that I do and leaders who hire me will yes. say, will you put something in this leadership workshop about listening? And it sounds so simple. Yes. Of course you should be listening. But what is good listening? 
that's that's the the key right and it's um again listening to not only people that have the same thoughts and views as you but listening mm -hmm. and really reflecting on what you've heard and being able to pivot and change your direction Ooh. you find in some cases you may be listening but it, are you really you know strong enough to step back to make a decision or change a decision maybe when you're going down one course i think that's important as well and again asking questions mm -hmm. it's uh, you've got to go deep and i do i like to really understand things at a granular level so some of my colleagues may or may not enjoy that part of, of working together but i like to ask a lot of questions so i can better understand what our clients are experiencing i'll mm -hmm. probably ask you more about your experience after this um, but it's it's got to be true listening and reflecting on what you've heard and be able to apply and um, again different voices and different feedback different voices different feedback okay I like that mm -hmm. well that leads to something about um, a good leader hiring another good leader not just anyone not just hiring right. itself but when you're hiring someone to work closely with you as another leader right is it a different kind of a process I meet with a ton of great people and I interview a ton of great people and I get asked this question quite a bit and I will always say there's a few things I go back to in a competitive situation and we're blessed to be a firm that gets great candidates but mm -hmm. I'm looking for integrity I'm looking for work ethic a positive attitude and really that grit um, so there's all the skills we'll put on a resume and that MBA and that higher education is incredibly important and we love our Ivy Leagues and I'll always take that into consideration. But I spend a lot of time in an interview getting to know someone and watching their soft skills, their EQ. Mm. Are they good listeners? Can they pivot and really you know, understand the, the colleagues they're working with, who they're serving? But it takes an in-depth amount of time to really get to know someone to dive past the layers of their resume the EQ, the soft skills are, are really a key trait and work ethic. It's uh, you know important for me. I've worked incredibly hard to get where I am and yes, you, you can work wisely with it's not always the amount of hours you're putting in, but someone that will really roll up their sleeves and work hard for the firm. Hmm. Well, if I get bored, I may come over. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. But you know, uh, when you think about things like just integrity and work ethic, um, is there any one question that would allow you to start getting into that depth? It seems to be a good question for our listeners yes. if they're wanting to come to work for you. There's great questions where you can ask, you know, how did you overcome adversity? And you mm -hmm. can dig into some of those experiences. And I really try to go two questions, three questions deeper whenever I'm in an interview or asking a question. So some of those, how did you overcome adversity? I ask about different projects they've led and how they've worked with others. I like to ask a lot of questions about that and see how they've interacted and you get a feel for their personality type and mm -hmm. what types of personalities they work well with. Um, and then that positive attitude too. Again, some of those questions around in a challenging time, what did you do to, to deal with that? Or if something was a bit overwhelming, how did you oh, tackle it? So I do have some standard questions, but I'll usually kind of pivot along the way, depending on the role that we have. And um, I'm also looking at track record, typically, sure. you know, and improving results, depending on the role. And 
you know, those, those great attributes. I um, had a recent opening last year as I moved into market president and we had just an outstanding candidate pool and it was a really tough decision. And I was telling my son this, who's now in scouts, but um, there was one gentleman that was, you know, Eagle Scout, West Point grad. And so I've been telling my son that uh, Eagle Scout can carry a lot of weight on a resume as well. But really those soft skills, it just tastes, you know, a really good conversation, asking some questions. And they'll typically share, even just as they're talking about their background, you can pick up on some of that. Soft skills. You've maybe heard me say this, soft skills bring the hard dollars. And it's just fascinating to me that finally there's literally research that says people skills are really important. So emotional intelligence is now a big deal in the assessment world and people skills. That's that's what I called it, Jennifer. When I started Valerie and Company um, years ago, Uh, The tagline was, we focus on people skills. And I think that might have come from being in broadcasting and and having to not only have people skills myself, but bring out from someone else their personage. Uh, But wherever it came from, I will never forget that someone that I admired in business said to me, Companies will never pay for soft skills. And I'll, I'll tell you, even today, when I tell that right. story, it's like, right. I mean, it hit me so hard deeply. It was almost like he had just stuck a right. dagger in my heart because I felt so strongly about it. But it has taken a while to finally realize that that's, that's really important. Right. And so for the amount of people who, let's just say, aren't extroverted, right. there's a lot more introversion in the world than extroversion. Right. How does someone like that hone in a leadership skill called people skills? That's where it goes back to authenticity. And you've got to be you. And it doesn't always have to be the loudest voice in the room. Exactly. I learned that from some great leaders as well. There's folks that I've had the chance to learn from. And I've always respected a leader that can be soft-spoken and really capture the room. And so I would say it's authenticity. Do it in the manner where you are you. And you Good. don't have to change that style. Mm-hmm. And um, so that tends to be helpful as I'm mentoring others or I think about myself with difficult conversations in oh. different, you know, challenging situations I'm in. Typically, I find if I can do this in my authentic way and just be me, then that will, will come through. So that would be the advice I would, would give. That, so. That's really a big piece of advice. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. What's the most difficult thing you faced Needing more than 24 hours in a day, I would say, (laughs) is the, um, I've learned a lot of time management over the years, but because I have such a passion for what I do, it's, uh, you know, sometimes turning it off and uh, Mm. dialing back the ideas a little bit for those around me to work at the same pace. Um, But, you know, time management's always a challenge, I think, for any leader. And because I have such a passion, it's just making sure I'm working at a pace that everybody <laughs> around me can, you know, be on the same page with. But uh, it's a good problem to have, I would say. They don't all have roller skates on like <laughs> you do. I want to go back to Scott, your husband, yes. and you have four children. One of the things in a book I've written is uh, talks about women leaders. And there's a chapter on balancing your life well every oh look at the beautiful pictures of that family isn't that something gorgeous family just like you are uh but how do you and scott balance the kind of work that you you're both working how do you do all that 
it's really, I'm sure you've heard this over and over. It's not really balance as much as it is integration. So no, I actually haven't heard it that way. I think that's yeah, It's more um, work-life integration. And Mm -hmm. I'm blessed at Bank of America. We've really led the way in paternity leave. And I've had all four of the children as I've worked with the bank. So they were incredibly supportive. We actually have 16 weeks of paternity leave, which really set the bar high for a lot of firms. Um, But I would say the bank was very supportive along the way. And my husband, Scott, is incredible. So it is a team effort. We typically say team Chandler around the house and everybody has a role. But I like to think it's building that um, that grit and that leadership with our children as well, because they help around the house. We have Do consistent they? routines and mm. everybody contributes to the level they can. We're like what? What's a six year old? Uh, she can make a bed pretty oh, nicely at, there you at go. six. And that goes to, you know, sometimes you got to let it go. It's <laughs> perfect. But uh, they set the table. They they all contribute and they have a lot of responsibility in their homework. And it, we, we make it fun and um, enjoy it. And, and Scott's been incredible. But it's also integrated. So when I say that at Bank of America, it's the um, volunteer events when we can. We have our Bank of America t-shirts and our my colleagues know I'm often out on a Saturday and our kids are out there doing a walk or working you bring in the food them with pantry. You. They come with mm-hmm. us. Um, when age appropriate and I will tell you that's been such a great experience for them and they enjoy giving back it's really helped them reflect and working in a food bank or working with special needs children or in just getting around and exposed to other parts of Dallas and our community and then um, we do evening events and galas and we try to balance those out but um, and Scott and I enjoy those times together and um, you just uh, you know you, you work through it but one thing I've really worked on over the last few years as being in the moment. So when I'm Mm. home for dinner around the table, which we try to do as often as possible, truly in the the moment, there's no other, you know, sound, no other devices, phones. It's just time for us to really reflect and spend time together. So that was advice I got many years ago that I've continued to work on. But if I'm in a work meeting, I'm focused. If I'm one-on-one with my children or my spouse, I'm really in the moment with them. So... Those are some of the things that we continue to work through. And it's not easy. Some advice I give to other parents is, you know, just don't be too hard on yourself. I find that sometimes we feel guilty and mm-hmm. uh, we can't do it all perfect and we don't. And so just let some things go mm-hmm. and um, don't be guilty and feel guilty if you don't do it all right. But um, I have an incredible husband that makes it work. So. That really helps. You are doing it right. There's no doubt, Jennifer. I have one final question before you uh, have to go today to all of the things you've talked about. Oh, my goodness. And that is um, back to coaching for just a minute. Coaching now is 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 being done a lot in companies. You've had a coach. A lot of companies allow people like me to come in and do coaching. It used to be, I remember years ago, it was not good if you had a coach. It was like, well, what's wrong with me, right? right. Now it's a privilege. Right. So take it now into the workplace. You as a leader, how do you know when to coach someone or mentor someone? It's something I'm always thinking about. And Bank of America has an incredible training program and I am where I am today because I've had great mentors I've had great training programs but I've always supplemented through other leadership programs and coaches and I get to work with some of the largest clients athletes CEOs business owners and I you know have the honor to work with them but I also see that 
the best to have coaches. So it's something we all need. And if you're going to continue to improve, a coach is there to help you. So I'm coaching on a regular basis. It's part of our culture at Bank of America. Mm-hmm. We do that real time in the moment, You know, whether it's after a client meeting or before a client meeting. Are there things we could improve? Good. So there's those opportunities. And mm-hmm. then as I mentor, and I do see your book here. It's funny. I didn't know you were going to bring this, but I use this book as well when I'm do you mentoring really? and try to mentor at least two people Thank a year. You. So that helps prompt us in conversation. But um, in the moment and then thoughtfully through mentoring programs, which we have at the firm. But I'm coaching others, but I'm also many calls. If you ask one of my colleagues, I'll say, hey, I'd love any coaching. Is there something I could have done better in that last meeting? Uh So I also ask the question and solicit that. And I don't ask the people that are just going to tell me what I want to hear. I ask the people that I know will be honest with me. You've given us a lot of what I call teachable points of view, leadership lessons. Is there anything you'll leave us with that maybe one or two others that you would just advise anyone who's on their climb as you have reached yours? I would just go back to being your authentic self. I've tried to be a servant leader over the years and I've been blessed to be with a great firm, but I think um, do it right, do mm-hmm. it the right way and don't cut corners. It's um, you know along the way, your integrity is really what you have behind you. And um, the soft skills we talked about, I think are even more important in the world we're in today. A lot of skills mm-hmm. are gonna change and needs are gonna change as we have technology and other solutions. So being able to be flexible and pivot is important, but having those EQ, those soft skills will help you along the way Um, but just keep that integrity and be your genuine authentic self and don't ever compromise that because if you do it's going to be a downhill right jennifer you have been such an incredible guest today i knew you would be and i thank you for taking the time i'm not even going to ask you what the rest of the day looks like (laughs) because i think i know but just a big thank you for taking the time thank you for the opportunity i truly appreciate it you're so welcome and so goodness we've talked about a whole lot of things i know you've probably taken some mental notes as i certainly have I'm always learning on this show. I think that's one of the things I love so much because you can ask every leader, well, what lessons would you leave? And what's interesting is they're not all the same because everyone isn't all the same. So that's why it's really good. Well, and you have heard us talk today. This is nice to say. Um, You've heard us talk about coaching. So I'm just going to leave you with that, that yes, thank you for noticing this. This is another one of my books. Do It Right is one that's on Amazon. And this is the other one. Monday Morning Leadership for Women, and it's actually two women talking to each other, so it's easy to read, right? And so thank you that you're you're using it. It is on Amazon, too. And if any of you are interested in uh, talking to me about being your coach or coming into your organization and helping you do it right, you just email me, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Until next time, thanks so much for being a loyal listener. Be sure you tell others to listen in, to subscribe, to rate, and whatever else. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then... Lead authentically.